Hello and welcome. This is Quick Save. My name is Dylan, and today I'm joined by my three good friends, uh, Tommy Campbell. Oh, am I, am I supposed to say something after that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whatever you I thought you were just going to I just thought you were going to hit all three on the intros. Oh, no. No, no, no. And we'll keep oh. this. So say something. Oh, fantastic. Mm -hmm. Is that... Hello. Okay, perfect. Uh, <laughs> Jacob Campbell. Hey, man. And Tyler Allen. Carol might have done it. <laughs> oh. All right, so let's just start with the with the topic. Uh, the topic for today is what are some of our most fond or first gaming memories, and how those games or experiences may have influenced uh, influenced your tastes or preferences. Right, Tommy, why don't you start? All right. Yeah. So my first, the first game I like owned myself wasn't just like maybe gifted to me that I have strong attachments to <clears throat> is Pokemon Yellow Edition. Mm -hmm. Classic. Um, because it was actually a gift to me and I can't remember if it was Christmas or birthday mm -hmm. um, where it came with the special edition uh, Game Boy Color that had Pikachu and Jigglypuff on it had the colored uh, up, down, left, right, A, B. That was like <clears> the and... blue buttons, right? The yellow... They were... I want to say that they were actually the buttons were were they were blue? It might have been red and green. I don't know. They were colored. The front of the like the faceplate of it was yellow, and the back part of it was green. Okay. Or blue. Okay. And it was one. yeah, it was um I don't know. It just that stuck with me, like being able to actually play play on the go, having the Game Boy, like that was pretty huge. Because I I don't own the original Game Boy. Game Boy Color was my first one. It was like five or six. Mm -hmm. And getting into the world of Pokemon was incredible. And then also, you know, kind of nice starting with yellow, not red or blue, because I didn't have that struggle of choosing a starter. Right, so it was just made it was for just, you. you. You got this. Mm -hmm. This is your starter. Here's Pikachu. Okay. Don't and then I, I realized, like, as a, as a kid pretty fast, I wasn't really good. Okay. <laughs> 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 Like taking taking Pikachu against Brock, like they really they really give you the struggle <laughs> in Pokemon Yellow because you're thinking you're on top of the world. You know you got you finally learn like Quick Attack, and you might possibly have Thunder Shock if you're trained enough by the time you get to him, just for not to me. Whereas like in um, Red and Blue, that was like easy peasy. Right, yeah, right, because you could choose Squirtle and you got it on the wrap. You could choose Bulbasaur, you got it on the wrap. Choose Charmander, eh, might. You know, you might go through the same struggle, but you could have chained him up a lot easier going against all the bug Pokemon on the way. True. With Pikachu, you're just really just chipping away with the quick attack. Canned. Because you think about it, right? Like that's just a hard shutdown. Yeah, that's it's right. Okay, out the gate because you 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 didn't really have dual types, I don't believe, back in the original ones too. So it was just your your electric Pikachu against Rock Geodude, Rock Onyx, and it's just like whoa. The fucking struggle. Um. But yeah, like as far as first gaming memories go, like that's that was my big first game. Um, there, there's some others here and there, like dra getting Dragon Warrior Monster, which is just so out there. Which that is it's weird. like, yeah, yeah. It, it was like thinking back to playing it, like it was a game that, again, as a kid, I was not prepared for. Like I did not know what I was doing, mm -hmm. and I picked it up like a few years later. Like I want to say when the SPs came out, Game Boy Advance SPs. Mm -hmm. And like I still had the cartridge, I put it in and realized like I didn't know I was I wanna say like twelve eleven, twelve year old me realized that five, six year old me was dumb. 
when I was playing it. Right. I was like, man, I had all these options I could do, and I still couldn't beat the game as 11 or 12-year-old me, so it really didn't go. <laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> so like Dragon Dragon what, Dragon Warrior Monster or Dragon Quest yep, Monster. Dragon right? Warrior Monsters, yeah. Right. Um I mean that's kind of a similar game to Pokemon, right? It's a monster. It's like kind of, yeah. Monsters. So you have like it's almost imagine it like a J like, you know, I can't really say that because Pokemon was made in Japan, but imagine like you take Pokemon as an RPG where you got your one monster and then have a JRPG where you have your three monster team set up. And you're going forward like that. So like that was kind of the big difference. And you could just, you didn't catch the monsters. You encouraged them to be on your team. Okay, so it's a Shimagami like Sometimes Tensei. they like you, and then they're on your team after that. Okay. And there was actually a pretty big, expansive thing of monsters. And there was also like monster breeding, but to get different monsters. Hmm. And so like that was actually That's when really I cool. figured it out, which was like you know a few years later. I was like, wow, this is really cool. And Those I, games are so good at just hooking you in. Because all the different possibilities, I feel like, like yeah. Dylan just mentioned Shin Megami Tensei, and that's kind of like the foundation of that game, and it's just really hard to put those down once you once it clicks, where you're like, oh, this is what I got to do to push forward, okay, and you start fusing or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, farming, whatever you were just talking about. Yeah, that's, that's it for me for that part. Yeah, all right, all right. Well, shit, Jake, what, do you, what, what about you? All right, so mm-hmm. for me, like, um, my first, like, big big entrance into gaming i guess it was more so um like on playstation one mm-hmm. like i started a little bit you know i'm a little bit younger than you guys so it is like there is like that little gap there when for like and like i really started i started mainly on playstation one i didn't really have a gamecube growing up or anything like that mm-hmm. um i actually started on crash bandicoot like that was that's my earliest memory that's yeah that's my earliest memory that i have playing and it's like when I went back and like just looked at like different videos mm-hmm. for it, right? I just it was just the goofiest thing, right? Like you're sitting, you're a bandicoot just running from this giant boulder, like Indiana Jones style, just sprinting from mm-hmm. this boulder with this random just tiki dude going booga booga, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then it's like it just if you don't go in time, the boulder just runs you over, mm-hmm. and it's just it really kind of opened up like an appreciation like looking back on it like it really makes me appreciate like the goofy side of games right okay like when you have like all the little the little jokes in borderlands like you see like claptrap looks at some stairs and then he's that's his worst enemy because he, he's on a wheel mm-hmm. so you, and... yeah, you appreciate like character in games right like not necessarily characters within a game but like the game itself as a character or has yeah like, yeah the game itself has like a uh, it has like its own personality rather than mm-hmm. just like it's just a game with characters in it it's the game has its own personality too mm-hmm. um and then like i even like look at other games like it kind of influences me a little bit cuz when i'm going and trying to like look at other games like mm-hmm. me and tommy we were looking at what the golf at first we're sitting there thinking oh this is just you know it's standard golf game it looks very goofy mm-hmm. no the dude swings the club and he goes flying towards the hole <laughs> like... <laughs> okay. awesome. so like i'm probably gonna end up picking that up when it goes on sale or something mm-hmm. um more of like getting into like some of the like the biggest moment when i realized like i'm gonna keep gaming like this is something i want to really invest my time into mm-hmm. um it was it was like Christmas when I was way younger. I can't remember when it was when the, like the Game Boy SPs were first coming out, right? Early 2000s, the, yeah. 
yeah, like early like 2003. 2000s, like 2003. So the I got a black Game Boy SP. And like before I had like the purple advance, like the standard one, right? So I was super excited. Like I was these I could actually charge up. Like mm-hmm. I could actually take mm-hmm. it around. Like it's I didn't have to stop playing when the batteries ran out or change the batteries. I just had to plug it in and then I could keep playing. And the first game I had on that one was Pokemon Sapphire. Pokemon Sapphire was actually my first Pokemon game that I really got into, right? Like, my first starter was Mudkip. Like, I just, I had never, like, I didn't play Fire Red first. I didn't play, like, Yellow, Blue, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't play those. Sapphire right? was your, your, yeah, Red, Yellow. Sapphire blue. was what I had to go based off of. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie, like, that probably pushed me towards playing more RPGs. Like, that was my first RPG. And I think that's that's kind of the case for a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? Because Pokemon is, like, a very, like, simplistic one that's very easy to understand. Like, all right, this type goes against this type, and this type doesn't go against this type. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you Don't kind tell of get that to into... six-year-old man. <laughs> I'm going to make this Pikachu kill this Onyx no matter how hard. Yeah. <laughs> No, I watched the enemy. That's how it worked. Yeah, that is. He overcame the whatever. He worked so Lightning. hard. You, you got to <laughs> pop off those uh, those sprinkler system. <laughs> yeah, hours at the zero badges later. <laughs> but okay, yeah. So sapphire. But yeah, those were kind of my big moments. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, I have some other ones. Like you know, I'll play Rocket League all the time, or I used to play Rocket League all the time with Tommy, mm-hmm. and um. Like, just getting those passes. Like, I used to be, like, set up the passes a lot. That was my favorite thing to do. Because, and there was this one lucky one, right? Mm -hmm. Where I just, I popped it up in the air. And then you see Tommy just, like, kind of scooting by. I can't remember if he had, like, the taco boost trail or something. I really don't remember what boost it was. Mm -hmm. But I just remember laughing at the boost. And you just see him slowly going through in his dominance and slam the ball into the goal. Mm -hmm. And it looks like instant it was like one of the first aerial goals too it was i was upside down i had no control over my car just happened to be there as jake pops it up and it slams back down it was that was definitely like a big moment too i think for us both playing rocket mm-hmm. like, yeah the fact that you both remember it i mean that's oh, like something yeah. mm-hmm. all right yeah, so okay. um tyler how are you feeling um so the earliest one that I can think of that, or at least probably like, it's not the earliest, but it's definitely the most impactful was actually Majora's Mask. Okay. Um, so I was kind of late to the Zelda party in that regard. Um, I know that like Ocarina of Time had sort of just dominated by that point. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I had never played it. And I, I don't even remember what it led up to it. Fuck, I'm old. Um, so, oh, I'd gotten, like, straight A's on a report card or something, right? And, like, my mom kind of liked video games, but never, like, really encouraged me to spend too much time doing it because I think she had some concerns about just sitting in the house all the time. Right. Casual flex. The time. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, fuck it, we're going to Funko Land because that's what it was called at the time. And uh, I was going to pick out a Nintendo 64 game, and, like, the guy at the counter recommended that and i didn't really know anything about it like i recognized link from super smash brothers but i never played any of his games oh, uh, interesting. okay yeah so um i just put it in and just like i don't know i was just immediately drawn into the 
atmosphere of the games because it's just so dense like from the moment that you start you know like as soon as you see that forest and like this kind of weird like gray purple brown tone just i don't know it just like at the time it just blew my mind like he had the sword it was just so sick you know seven-year-old me's mind was like blown mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and just i don't know it, it was the first game that i like really wanted to to beat like to see to the end like i'd played on the super nintendo and stuff like games like donkey kong country and uh mega man x mm-hmm. and like i really enjoyed those but i guess i don't know if it's because of age or what but like this is the first one i was just really compelled to like accomplish like beat now i was like a dumb seven-year-old and couldn't do it without a guide and all my neighbors help mm-hmm. but um i don't know this some of those uh the themes in the game too just like this sort of like almost like harrowing sense of dread that's throughout the whole game like god i was like i guess i was a fucked up kid because it was just really cool to me <laughs> like that there was just this sort of like uh dreary tone to it but you could still kind of like do something about it and i remember it took me like seven months to beat that game some crazy ludicrous amount of time because again i was a dumb seven-year-old mm-hmm. but uh like i distinctly remember just like watching those end credits and like hearing just the little the the tune that they had made for the end of it mm-hmm. you know some Ko- koji kondo like greatest composer for games ever mm-hmm. but it just it's such a distinct memory in my head just because it was like this sensation of accomplishment that really only games can provide so mm-hmm. yeah I, I, from there i was smitten I had to play like everything else you know especially adventure games like that was that your first like narrative like focused game Yes. Yeah. I mean, unless you want to consider Pokemon, like I know that that's that's like that's pretty. Uh, I, I got to third that. Yeah, Pokemon Blue is probably like the first game that I maybe that was actually the first game I'd gotten into, mm-hmm. but still just less less impactful, at least emotionally, than Majora's Mask was. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because you don't. You I, don't like... I mean, you have like your character, but you name it right. Whereas in Majora's right. Mask, you're Link. You're playing his story. Yeah. Exactly. Like there's there's clearly like a, a predetermined lore to some degree to it even if they let you name your character and everything you know mm-hmm. uh and also like i guess it was because it was one of the first worlds that i felt like it was going to exist with or without you which i think it was even kind of uncommon for the time to um because you know you had to restart like you know you only had three days to stop the moon from just like crushing this place mm-hmm. and like even then you still had people who were just like oh, i don't give a shit that the moon's falling i'm gonna keep carrying wood and moving my mouth and uh just i don't know it just that that sort of disparity between like you know your goal as a player and like the npc's goals mm-hmm. as people who are about to get smushed by the moon it just it was cool you know just a lot of nuance i think included in that that they didn't even have to especially considering the short development time of that game yeah that was like a year after ocarina of time came out so they didn't have too much time to write a story to you know they obviously reused assets but yeah it's impressive. Yeah, it's not, not often can you reuse assets to that degree and still come up with something so original. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, like, yeah. Damn. All right. And do you have any other ones? I guess I gotta say Pokemon Blue. Right. Because yeah. I know it was probably, like, my one of my first, like, key multiplayer gaming experiences, like, playing an after-school program mm-hmm. and, like, having someone, like, teach you how to duplicate pokemon and pokemon silver you know oh, like shit, yeah with the pc little yeah yeah like little things like that like really uh make that game 
or those i guess it was blue and silver just mm-hmm. i don't i don't really remember it's all kind of hazy but uh between the two of those um all the different interactions and things like that that it would bring you know that, that that would naturally come about between you and other pokemon players who was basically everyone if you were a kid in the late 90s so. yeah pretty much yeah okay it's just cool yeah i remember um like you know when we would all play pokemon like you know you guys we would all trade like you would have to <laughs> back then when you had the game boys you had to get the cord and you had to plug it in to each game boy and then yeah. you had to you know do all the trading and now it's wireless mm-hmm. now you can even do it over the internet like it's there's all different things like pokemon's evolved right mm-hmm. oh yeah and and it hasn't it used to be like super like it used to be super super big i mean it still is don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but like locally it would be like super big like you would have like everyone at school playing it i mean it even kind of reminds me a little bit about like when I was in elementary school, right, mm-hmm. we would like uh, like the after school program, like you know everyone knows about it, right. Mm-hmm. So you have to stay after school. You know you're waiting on your mom and dad to come pick you up. So you do like your homework and shit, and then you go onto the computers and play games. And then I remember everyone would either like play Pokemon or they would log on and play RuneScape. Mm-hmm. RuneScape Ooh. was huge huge in elementary school you would have people like going together to the wild going and fighting each other some of them would be like all right you hold my items you hold my items and then they'll go at it like it's (laughs) they would just go square up Mm -hmm. sometimes they would go to the arena (laughs) you would like throw tomatoes at them in the arena (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh runescape was definitely like a big one for me as well like thinking about playing that and like starting like 2005 like and i want to say you dylan were the one who actually got me like first starting to play it and stuff yeah yeah um, mm-hmm. that's how we kept in touch going for through. a while yep mm-hmm. sneaking onto the computer <laughs> and getting on to play runescape mm-hmm. seven in the morning before school man those were the fucking those were the days yeah early yeah. runescape i mean it, it's still pretty vivid like just <laughs> Yeah, the, the definitely. Game. I think shaped my love for playing like MMOs and RPGs combined. Like, just getting on there and and it's because it really is just a a big time waster. Like, you're just chopping trees or something, and you it's it's almost like you can just AFK it. So it's like you're really just staring at a screen as you chop trees. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like a just a soothing, relaxing experience. It, it can be right. You could definitely there are aspects of that game that like the wilderness, right? The wild. That was a stressful time. Um, really, like, coming full circle, like, you start off either being a skiller or, you know, maybe going to the wild and PKing, mm-hmm. and then you kind of come full circle where it's like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm tired of making alts and doing low-level PKing, and I don't feel like investing the time into a character and become a member just to go through and PK in, like, the 80s, 90s, so I'm just going to go skill for years. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm selling Addy armor. DM for details. <laughs> Yo, I'll, I'll gold trim your black armor. You know, just you know. Just duping, duping rune items. Come see me in World One. Man, I remember just Yo, Grand Exchange. <laughs> Who? Get, like me? Didn't you get scammed out of some armor? I did. No, I remember. Like I remember. <laughs> you fucking would. I would. I absolutely would. No, I remember like distinctly playing a lot of RuneScape at uh, another friend, uh, friend's house. Dean we used to play a lot of RuneScape. Used to be the three of us, me, Tommy, Dean, um, and I remember, yeah, one night sleeping over his house. We, 
I, I managed to somehow get some black armor from someone for free. I was like, this is incredible. And someone was like, oh, you know, I'll trade you full rune for black. And I was like, hell yeah. He's like, you just got to give it to me first and I'll go grab my rune. And me being like an eight-year-old, a dummy, right, was like, hell yeah, dude. And uh, no, I lost it. I went from like zero to 100 back to zero in a matter of hours, you know, being at the top of the world, getting free black armor, thinking that was the pinnacle of, of RuneScape. But no. Sorry, man. It's all right. It's all right. enough time to pass for you to, you know. Now, you know what? Playing, playing RuneScape as an adult, definitely, like, I was able to accomplish so many things that my younger self would have loved, right? Like, I remember, I mean, party hats probably have, have declined exponentially in price, but I remember, like, just a couple years ago logging on and being able to buy one, and it was just, like, that, a Santa hat, a, a, a Halloween mask, right? Like, just checking all these childhood boxes. Well, I'm gonna burst that bubble when they came. Man, when they came up with a classic that you can get them for free now. Oh, wow! Oh my god! <laughs> all right, well, all right. <laughs> Damn. But yeah, no, RuneScape Oops. definitely. I think for myself is one of the biggest influences. I think right up there with Pokemon. Right, we're all kind of on the same page. Um, right. Social, like the social aspect of gaming, really kind of was shown to me through those two games, both in-game and outside of game, right? Like, each, you know, like, Pokemon Blue. Yeah, playing at the school or, like, the neighborhood kids and just, like, oh, I got this Pokemon, what do you got? And, like, some Pokemon were only uh, achievable through trading, right? Like, Machamp right. And, and Gengar, you could only get through trading. And back then, there was no internet, so it's not like everybody knew how to get them, so it was even more special when you did. And there were, like, I don't know, those surprises back then. I definitely appreciate as an adult uh, having the internet and being able to streamline a lot of bullshit. Like, I don't have the sort of time that I, I did when I was a kid. But... Where you could just sit there and, like, go trial and error over and over and over. Or just, just be surprised. Like, that, I yeah. think that's the one thing I miss about, like, back then is the surprise. Yeah. You know? Like, we don't have that nowadays. Now. Mm -hmm. Like, you'd have to go on total media blackout uh, in order to get any of that yeah sure. a big time for me like thinking about when silver and gold came out mm -hmm. like when yellow came out you kind of or you know yellow red blue you the the anime had been out for a little bit so you kind of saw some so mm -hmm. you get into it and it's like hey you know i've seen these and so that kind of gives it you know a little bit of a connection there and it's like silver and gold i don't think the anime had quite caught up to that yet so when those came out that was so many new and unseen Pokemon, and especially being younger and like not really using the internet, not having access to it, and so you're just completely going in completely unknown to this entire new world of something that you already love. Mm -hmm. Like that was so huge. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I remember like getting on the bus, and and uh, one of my friends Joseph brought in his copy of Game Informer, and it was the first time anybody saw the uh, the three starters for silver and gold like Chikorita, Totodile, and Cyndaquil and it was just like a oh my Ooh. god what is this yeah and even just like because during like the first anime or the first se whatever um, Togepi was introduced and that wasn't in red and blue and yellow and it was like what what is this yep. Pokemon how do we get that Pokemon I think Meryl was even one of the first ones seen 
Yeah, like, because there this? was the, the Orange Islands in the the anime where they had they dropped yeah. Brock for Tracy. Yeah, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> Beloved Tracy. <laughs> and then I think we did actually have the Pokemon 2000 movie, I think, was the second one. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we saw, like, Lugia and Slowking. Mm-hmm. And very few, but we still did see some of those Pokemon and knew nothing about them. And and even then, like, getting a Slowking, like, if if I remember correctly, it was not an easy Pokemon to get in Silver and Gold. No, it was a... You had to get a, like a, a Kingstone, and then you had to right, trade. Right, King's Rock and trade it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even then, like, you think back How to... How would you have known? Exactly. <laughs> Um, even the first episode of Pokemon, you see Ho-Oh, right? And right. It, back then it was yeah. just like, is that a Fero? That looks like a Fero. It's, it's just it's just a bird. Is that, yeah. But, no, oh, it's crazy. Some of that mysticism, yeah, is definitely just like completely removed once you've, uh, you know, once, once the internet was introduced, like it was just gone. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, I think there are still some games that foster communities that respect that like your individual discovery of certain things is still kind of paramount to the enjoyment of that experience. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I mean, I guess Dark Souls has probably been talked about to death at this point, but for at least a little while, you know, like, get good <laughs> is all you were really going to hear about from that game. Like, like <laughs> I, I don't know. Just uh, a certain just respect, I guess, mm-hmm. that can be paid to games, but that's not always the case, because sometimes spoilers show up on Reddit in like 24 hours for a game. Or a and week before like, a game comes out. What the hell? Data miners, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah, obnoxious. Which I'm definitely at fault. I definitely like my fair share of, of leaks. God, I remember leading up to Sun and Moon, uh, the whole Pokedex was like leaked, and I was like, give me it. I want to know. Really? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely I was super into that. Oh yeah, leak culture, you know. That's a I whole get into topic. It. No, it depends. Like, there are definitely some things that I want to go in uh, as blind as I can, but then, like, I don't know, there are some things I'm just like, nah, dude, spoil me. I just want I just want that little bit of serotonin right now. Give me that right now. See, my thing is, like, if if it's for sure coming out, like, something that's just solid and consistent of a, a franchise's Pokemon, then, like... That I can overlook because I just know, like, all right, you know, in October, November, I'm I'm just gonna see what all the fuss is about anyway, mm-hmm. regardless. Um, I think it really has to like straddle the line of like, is this actually gonna come out? You know, because mm-hmm. not everything like actually comes to. No. What I'm saying is, I may or may not have a rip of Yandi on my computer. Is kind of the point that I'm getting at. <laughs> <laughs> There's a time and place for leak culture. Oh my god, I forgot about that one. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, getting back to like the. Like, you know, wanting things to feel new again. I remember when I first started, like, when I first got into Elder Scrolls. Like, mm. Skyrim was the one I played. Like, I didn't play Oblivion. I know, I'm a heathen. I didn't play Oblivion. Sorry. Um, I didn't we really know you. about it then. <laughs> Morrowind oh, is really where it started. Saying, right, yeah. I was going to say, people are out there still saying you're a heathen for not mentioning Morrowind. Yeah, then there oh. are also people uh, <laughs> claiming that Arena is the best Elder Scrolls oh, or something, Oh, you my know? God. Smart people. But... Fuck you, Dally. <laughs> Nonetheless, like when I first, you know, I started playing Skyrim, right? Mm-hmm. I flat out didn't even know that there were perk points. So I made it to I made it to level twenty five, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't even put a single perk point in. I was wondering why I was dying so much, like why this game was so hard. Mm-hmm. Like and then I look and I'm like, Wow, what are all these points? Like I didn't even know that there was a skills thing, like I thought I was just leveling up. And you went through the whole game like that? 
I went to level 25. That's impressive. Without putting any perk points in. When it could have made the game so much easier. What's funny is I did something similar in Oblivion like that, but not with perk points. I did it with fast travel. Same. I didn't realize there was fast travel in the game. So my first memory was coming out of the sewers and stealing a horse just outside the Imperial City. And having the guards after me and just running until my horse got killed by a wolf in the wilderness and having to walk the rest of the way to Kavach. <laughs> and getting there finally, closing the first Oblivion Gate, and realizing I had to walk all the way back to the Imperial City <laughs> that I just came from. And just I actually like turned off the game for a little bit. I came back, played it some, looked at the map. And I was like, oh, I'm going to set a marker here so I know how to get there. And it's like, do you want to fast travel to this location? I said, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I remember um, I did the same thing, but it was more with the uh, with a high Hrothgar. <laughs> oh, and I didn't know I could fast travel there. I thought it was like the one location you couldn't fast travel to, right? Oh, so you so just climb. I go to Iverstead, right? The city that's right below it. Mm-hmm. And I go, I'm like, oh, I got to make this climb again and then i make the climb again and i keep doing it and i even got i even beat the game like that i beat the whole game so you already know i had to do that twice and then go even further beyond that more than once you know what i mean like it's just blows (laughs) my mind even enjoy it like what did you like about that game it's actually my favorite game of all time like i've played through that game Mm -hmm. I, i bought the game twice and i've put it over, I want to say, 500 hours on console and PC. Like, I, I've put in some time into that game. Yeah. It's a good one to put a lot of time into. There's just so much, like, well-written content. Like, not, not that you can't, not that there isn't flaws in the game itself, but, like, I feel like few games are as consistently interesting as Skyrim as far as, like, actually getting invested in it. Mm-hmm. You know, just sinking your yourself into that world that full immersion which i think is really like or was but that's a strong suit so it 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 still is here and there i don't like it's weird yeah for bethesda as a company we don't gotta get into that no that's a whole that's a whole thing but yeah i mean fuck i'm kind of in a similar boat with the both of you whereas my first experience with oblivion was i rented it from movie gallery on the 360 because that's i think it came first to the 360 rather than the playstation um, I believe so. And I remember in the t- what is it, the caves, or you're you're in the dungeon or whatever, and you're trying to escape. Um, the sewers. The sewers, yeah. Uh, and I became overburdened and didn't know how to fix it. I didn't know what the word meant. I didn't know what to do. So I stopped, returned the game, thought it was a piece of shit. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I hated it. I was like, this is garbage. Why are we, why are we playing this? And then yeah, got it. Uh, didn't know about fast traveling in Oblivion. Didn't know about uh, leveling up. Uh, I, I just recognized, or I just realized that there was like this icon in the corner of my screen, and I was like, "What does that mean?" You know, come to find out, fifteen, sixteen levels later, you know, I had to level up. I had to go to. I think you had to go to sleep <laughs> to level up or something. Yes. Yeah. So Which is I, like, not super clear. No. If I remember correctly. No. No. So yeah, <laughs> threw me off. And then yeah, I mean, Oblivion is 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 one of my favorite games of all time, you know now. But to think back to like being just confused by overburdened. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I also think that like 
my my issue with like the overburdening thing mm-hmm. and like i know other people have shared the sentiment but the thing is like if i can carry five like giant broadswords mm-hmm. and five giant shields and 10 sets of armor mm-hmm. why are we stopping at 11 right because i already can't carry all of that <laughs> don't try to implement realism right nine suits of armor deep or 10 suits of armor deep i don't mm-hmm. understand that yeah but yeah uh i don't know i i played oblivion after fallout 3 which kind mm. of like i probably didn't connect with it in the same way that you guys did because mm-hmm. of that because i i just felt like fallout 3 was it, it may have just suited my particular taste better like Dif- I, I different really genre like the americana theme yeah 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 it was but uh yeah it was it's kind of like hard to i think it was, it was hard to get as invested in it after seeing some of the the weird quirks that they had fixed in their next release mm-hmm. yeah fallout 3 yeah i mean <sighs> Bethesda probably is one of the companies like that I have the most fond memories of like all of their games. Fallout Three, New Vegas, Oblivion, Skyrim, like Fallout Four, even Fallout. Yeah, oh, well, n- not really. Half of Fallout Four. H- half of Fallout Four is fine. I love Fallout. Other well, settlement needs your assistance. Oh God, fuck that dude. I got so into building the settlements, and then I went and bought like the like the twenty hour expansion. Oh God. Like it was like Lost wow. Ark. Oh yeah, yeah. Lost oh. Lost Harbor was pretty cool. It was really good. Yeah. Like you went to this whole I actually other never island. beat Fallout Four. I didn't either. You didn't miss much. Oh, hot take. No. <laughs> well, it's weird though, because like for me, like so, Jake, you were really into the building, whereas like, I mean, I think we've all played Minecraft. I was really into Minecraft. We all were. Uh, yep. And that game's all we built building. Our faction servers. Right, but like right. building in any other game is a complete one hundred percent turn off. For the most I think part, there are some exceptions. Freeform building is where it was is always like fun, like you know Terraria, Minecraft, Starbound, even like just having the freedom to build what you want. Whereas I feel like in a game like you know Fallout Four with the settlement building, I didn't really enjoy it because it was still you had like you a know the, too many this bubble and it was like you can do you know maybe some additions here and there, maybe here's this preset house and you can make that there or something like that. But it's like I couldn't make my awkwardly shaped L house if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Or you couldn't make like anything that would have to do with like the terrain. Like the ground would always stay where it is, and it's like if there was a tiniest hill, then you wouldn't be able to put something there that that was flat. Yeah, too restrictive in that regard. Yeah. And. See, what gets me about the building in Fallout 4 is that, where I don't necessarily think it was that bad, and, like, some games can have cool, like, building mechanics can fit into them kind of okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I I know that a lot of other Fallout fans share the sentiment that it felt kind of watered down from, like, a role-playing perspective, because you basically had, like, a bunch of different ways to say yes, like, do you want to say yes like a nice guy, or do you want to say yes like an asshole, Mm -hmm. or, you know... It was kind of shallow. (laughs) You know? That's all it was. And I felt like, you know, I know that those building mechanics, like, now I don't know what their internal development team looks like or what teams were doing what, but it just seemed like a very strange place. Like, building seemed like a strange... Addition? Yes. Yeah. Not very what weird I would place expect. to put your manpower in. And it felt like other things lost some of their sheen because of it. Mm-hmm. So it was actually kind of cool to hear that somebody, like, got some enjoyment out of the... I got a lot of enjoyment out of the building system because I mean, at least it wasn't developed for nothing, you mm-hmm. know. Right. There's clearly some like value to it, but at yeah, least Jake liked it. 
right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a one and four. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> glad that I spent probably 120 collectively on it. Yeah. Across a couple oh yeah. You know what's so funny? I got a good time. I got the collector's edition of that too. Me too. It's my favorite. It's one of my favorite collector's editions. I mean, it's, it's super cool. It has no affiliation with Fallout Four as a as a like a specific thing, but just Fallout in general. Which is nice, yeah, because yeah. you get the 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 Pip Boy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you can that put your phone cool. in it, but only if it's this size. Only if it's the Galaxy Seven or Eight or iPhone S Four or whatever the fuck. Yeah, they gave you all those weird cutouts for them. I never did it. It's just not even once. It's cool, just to look at. Uh, yep, you can reminisce of the days where Fallout was a game. Oh, high point, man. Oh my god, that's all. Oof, that's another thing. Fallout first, boys. <laughs> all right. Oh boy. All right. All right. So that was we we stayed on track there. We 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 stuck to our topic. We got a little little reminiscing in there. A little throwbacks. Kind of definitely makes me want to go back and and actually play some RuneScape right now. As a matter of fact, but. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, it definitely isn't the smoothest that I'd like, but you know, it's a, it's a it's a work in progress, right? It's the first one. Um, so yeah, uh, anything you guys would like to end with? Um, anything? look forward to the next one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Look forward to episode number two. Episode number two. All right. Tyler, any any input? Uh, don't leave on the nostalgia goggles. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. True. <laughs> True. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Until next time. <laughs>